0: Video games are the youth phenomenon of our day.
1: That's right. They're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not going to let uh, Mass Effects in my house. The level of violence on video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. Hey, my mom just canceled my brother's uh, World of Warcraft account. And he's fucking oh, apple. Yeah. The children are
2: developing
0: relationships with all these Pokemon creatures. And then there's the argument that video games can be art. Oh, U.S.S. I CAN'T the BELIEVE F- What
2: started with a little game called Pong only grows with every advance in micro-technology.
0: We'll all say hello? Is that what we're no, doing? No, not you! No. <laughs> you've
1: already- you've already- done <laughs> your high with a hippo hello.
0: hello! Hello! Welcome to Hit Point Pals! Hello! Hello! This, this is where we- yeah, hello. This, this is where we talk about video games and other things. We have A few things to talk about today, I think we've got Anthem, Anthem just came out, we're gonna talk about that a little bit We're gonna talk about Xbox Game Pass, there's some rumors that are kind of cool, strange, exciting, possibly, I'm not sure So, oh we've got some off-topic stuff too, I'm just looking at the bottom of this Let's uh, oh yeah, hang on, I gotta introduce everyone So, I'm Travis Lean, I'm joined today by William Suit, as always, please say hello Hello. Sorry, I didn't set that up very well. And we're also joined today by Amy Rutherford. Hello. Amy, you're now one of the Hit Point Pals.
2: Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. I'm honored. I believe
0: William, William established that lore in the first episode. Uh, yes. When he said that it's anyone who joins more. the podcast is also a Hit Point Pal.
2: Yes, I heard so that. Now... Except when you guys said it, you said Hit Point Pals. So that one person is now a hit point pals and you guys like left the Anyway, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I think William corrected himself, but I was doing like a lot of editing cuz it was a first run and it was kind of rough. It was very rough. So Sounded I was good trying to edit that. When I well, listened to thank it. Thank you. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was trying to edit that whole podcast to to be a lot smoother. So um It's the thought probably... that counts. It is the thought that counts. I didn't mean to make William sound grammatically inept. So <laughs> I guess I apologize, William. William, you're not grammatically inept. I just want everyone to know.
1: Oh, if only you knew.
0: Anthem. So we'll talk about Anthem with a caveat, though. Is that the correct way to say that? I have no Um, idea. You know what I mean, though. Anthem. We haven't played the... Oh, man. I don't even know what to call it. Release? It's not even a release yet, though we played the demo of Anthem. We talked about it on our first podcast. I guess if you want to hear our initial thoughts on Anthem, you can go back to our very first episode of hit point pals from a few weeks ago, but, um, Anthem has just come out and the reception seems to have been mixed at best. So mostly negative, I guess is what I mean by mixed at best. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, there's a lot of factors that I think contribute to this uh, including the really confusing rollout um, there I guess well,
1: what, what's confusing about it Travis uh, you can you can buy it at launch and play it or if you have EA Premiere you can play it one week earlier uh, 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 if you don't have EA Premiere and only access you can only play the two demos but if you pre-order you can get it like a week and a half early i mean that's come on it's like self explanatory but you, i'm, you, sure, I'm sure ea has it all figured
0: out i they did this with mass effect andromeda um i i think that might have been the first instance of of that was they said that if you if you paid for their special origin access service you would get early access to mass effect andromeda and the same thing is happening here with anthem and i no longer understand what a release date is for a game at least not when ea releases it I mean, The Sims isn't
2: that bad with release dates. It says, hey, it's going to be available on PC and Mac on this date, and then it's going to be available on Xbox and PlayStation on this date. And that's pretty cut and dry. So I don't really know about, like, other games, personally.
1: I suppose the biggest gripe anyone could have against The Sims is, like, all the DLC. But that's, I mean, that's, once again, another case of, like, here's when it's going to be available. There's no, like, weird... If you pre-order the Sims, you get access to this DLC yeah, early or anything. Yeah. It's all pretty pretty straightforward. I don't
2: even think there is pre ordering for the Sims, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think they're just like I mean, like they'll have people who like like Sims players that are popular on YouTube and Twitch and they'll like take them over to a place and be like, Here, play this expansion pack before we release it. Um but other than that, yeah, they don't really have like early release or anything like that
0: i'm i'm actually very excited to listen to what amy has to say about the sims because that's a circle of games that i'm not super familiar with whatsoever so uh yeah i mean later in the podcast i i think we'll be talking about that a little bit
2: yeah we can't exhaust my one and only topic this early
0: (laughs) (laughs) but as far as um as far as anthem goes it sounds like it's really just kind of fallen flat on its face as another loot shooter that, according to some people I've heard from, it doesn't even seem like it does the loot shooter correctly. I don't remember picking up any loot when I was in the demo, which is weird for a loot shooter because you'd think that when you kill things, you would pick up loot. Um, Well, I I think a a big thing with that is I know we did
1: pick up loot when we played the demo, but what was weird about it, unlike other... What was it? Loot shooters? Or other, like, yeah, games loot in shooters general? Yeah, like Destiny
0: or, like, Borderlands.
1: Yeah, usually in those games when you pick up, like... Well, in, in not just in those games, but in any other game. When you get loot, you can, you know, immediately go look at your inventory and see what you got. Or you'll get a pop-up that says you picked up a uncommon axe or something. But I believe in Anthem, it just told us, like, the rarity of what we picked up. And we didn't know what we got until the very end of the mission. That sounds weird. After a loading screen.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of the big complaint I've I've heard about it. Um, okay. Why I, wouldn't they tell you like...
2: what you pick up when you pick it up? <laughs> that's,
0: like, a good, that's
1: a good question. I don't play it's games like that, but it sounds... Good question. But very yeah, young. I mean, it's like... Uh, they'll, I think they'll tell you the rarity, but if you're playing a game to get loot, you kind of want to know what you're getting so you can be interested in, like, trying it out. Or trying out or like trying to go get more things. Yeah. But if you're not told what it is you're getting, I mean, does it really matter?
2: Yeah, like if you yeah, get like a like certain weapon, towards. like and you're like, oh, this would be really useful for this thing that I'm doing right now. I would like to use it now and not like later and then be like, oh wow, that would have been really useful, you know, half an hour ago, but
1: Yeah, or like yeah, you're just playing games with friends or anything, just thinking like Oh, I got this really cool new weapon. Oh, this is gonna be really awesome. It might work well with what you've got Oh, this is really cool. Do you guys do you guys have something that let like, that me like I might need or you know Maybe you guys could use this item, but instead it's just I got an item I, mm. yeah. I mean there's there's nothing there. What's I? I don't understand if it's a loot shooter and the loot is I Don't know. It just seems like a loot isn't being treated as a big thing, so it's just left being a shooter all about getting things that you don't know what you're grabbing.
0: That's, that's a great tagline. i
1: correct, but
0: <laughs> the 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 mystery loot shooter. I think the demo. Uh, I William, I don't know if you felt the same way about this, but I I think the demo kind of solidified my fear that Anthem, despite being developed by Bioware, would be kind of another uh, cut and dry Destiny type multiplayer grind focused labor focused game with not enough of a of of a well fleshed out story to really capture that bioware essence and make me actually want to play it because just in general i mean i already come into it with a bias of like i prefer single player games mm-hmm. I, I i don't uh find myself playing those type of multiplayer like grind and like loot shooter type games and I did, you know, briefly think that maybe one developed by Bioware would have a better chance at piquing my interest, but seeing the initial reception to this game that may or may not have been released, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm upset that uh, it, it turned out that way, it sounds like, but I, I'm also not surprised, I, I guess. I, yeah, I was kind of hoping there'd
1: be a really cool story, because I've liked the majority of Bioware games, but in Anthem, the story isn't there to be something that interests you. It's It seems like it's, you know, there just to give an excuse to go get more loot. I mean, it's just a vehicle to keep you in the gameplay loop of just shooting things and picking up who knows what.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, mean, I would have thought Bioware would have had a, a better influence on that, and I wonder why that isn't the case.
1: Mm-hmm and i yeah that's something i don't i don't think we'll know until i don't know maybe well after the release maybe developers will come out and uh start talking about that i mean they the they, being, they also said no that they clue. they
0: expected like like a 70ish metacritic score which they didn't hit and mm-hmm. they expected that the game would have a rocky launch kind of and then improve over time which is I think a weird way to release a game, like why would you release a game if you were expecting it to have a rocky launch? And so many games have been doing this. If you look back at Fallout 76 and you look mm-hmm. back a little further at No Man's Sky and these games that I guess we're now considering games as a service. And it, like, I, I I don't know. I feel like I, I miss, maybe I'm not the target audience for these types of games, but I, I miss games having polished releases and not... Doing you miss, this whole, you miss like, finished games? Yeah, I I miss games that are put together and not like just pieces strewn about. And I guess people have to now pay for extended early access games that are disguised as, as full releases if they really want to get in on this stuff. It's it, It's extremely infuriating to read about.
1: Yeah, and I mean, as much as it sucks, I don't see it changing because evidently people are still buying these games. So it's... Yeah.
0: It's, I mean, I don't... We, we don't to really know anything... It seems to be financially worthwhile. Sorry. I We don't really know anything about sales figures, I guess, for Anthem, but if people are, you know, buying it and stuff, and I, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I assume if there was enough uproar about the whole, like, games as a service tending to launch uh, poorly and unpolished, then maybe that would start to change? That's That's the way I kind of predict it going but that's yeah, an if i mean
1: yeah maybe wait d- uh did you say that they had said they were expecting to hit like 70s yes,
0: yes that's what they had said <laughs> Who do- that doesn't make any sense it doesn't like
1: we're pleased to announce this game we hope you all find it rather uh, like i that. believe
0: it was some sort of <laughs> share shareholder call where they were just like this is what we're expecting oh, okay please, I'll, I'll please please continue to put money into us I, th- I thought this was something they had like Maybe more publicly
1: announced. No, was, they didn't. I thought no, that no, was no, very no. weird. Okay. Okay, for a shareholder call, I guess that makes sense, because they're trying to tell them to like temper their expectations, but still, that's a bit... Huh, it's, it's interesting. But yeah. To launch a game that you yourself have no faith in, or very little faith. Uh, 75% faith.
2: That's not 50%. Or
1: 0%. That's true. Yeah, it's better than the call going, all right, we're going to go broke, everybody bail out. So yeah, you know, yeah, I guess,
0: I guess, you know, compared to a 0 and a 50, 70 is all right. Let's talk about what's happening with Xbox and Game Pass, because I don't understand. This is a, this, this is a new rumor that Xbox One games will be playable on the Nintendo Switch. So they announced that Xbox Live was coming to the Nintendo Switch, or it came to the Nintendo Switch. I, I i don't have my facts straight here i think it was coming
1: to the nintendo switch i i I don't own a switch or an xbox so yeah i'm just trying to remember
0: and i guess the idea is that xbox games will be playable on the nintendo switch there was already a rumor that we had kind of talked about on one of these episodes about xbox games coming to pc i think we talked about that Uh, i think so it might have been a private conversation i have lost track at this point um but I guess what I'm kind of thinking now is you you know how we had kind of talked a little bit about what the next generation of consoles will be I mean that's something that people like to speculate on like I don't expect Nintendo to release a new big console anytime soon but the PS5 sounds like it's going to come out and then kind of shrouded in mystery is like is there going to be like an Xbox an Xbox one two or an Xbox two or whatever you want to call it um and this Polygon article kind of raises an idea that maybe it won't be a console. Maybe it'll be some sort of big new service that's intended to be transformative of the way that we play games.
2: Like, something's going to just completely transform the way we play games, but we've just had, like, VR come out, and I'm like, I don't know how things can change
0: much more (laughs) than that.
2: I mean, personally. Xbox...
0: Sorry, I everyone's talking over each other. <laughs> go ahead,
1: oh, uh, I was just gonna say like here trans- so, hearing somebody say this is gonna be transformative in the I'm sorry that was that games.
0: was me by the way that oh, th- I, I thought said this was that. like oh no i this is I'm this lost. is my Whoop. interpretation of of what I've read that was oh, that was okay. me saying oh. that I wasn't quoting anything, oh, oh I thought you were quoting who- something whoops. Wait, no, continue, though. <laughs> Wait, we were both going
1: off of a misconception.
0: Okay, do you want me to just keep trying to explain this, then? Yeah! Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, i lost. Here, I don't want to say a prediction, but this is my interpretation of, of what things might look like if these rumors are correct. Xbox has lost the... I mean, Xbox lost the battle between Xbox One and the PS4. Um, maybe their next console won't be a console. Maybe it'll be a streaming service? Which sounds weird, but, like, I think it makes sense. Like, if Xbox moved away from... Or, sorry, if Microsoft moved away from producing a console as hardware for games, and they instead released a service which you would pay for, but it required you to have other hardware, like the Switch or, like, a PC, it's been heavily rumored that, like, Xbox games are going to be able to come to PC which is cool because that means I can play the Halo games. But that was kind of my interpretation of this article here and an idea that Xbox game streaming would come to the Switch.
2: Okay, that makes a lot more sense than what I was imagining at least. I feel like it would be weird to like play an Xbox game with like Nintendo Switch controls. I mean, I've never played a Switch before, so I don't really know how the controls work. Um... Or, like, even PC controls, because I just recently got Skyrim on my PC, and I can't get used to, you know, moving with a keyboard and all that. Like, I I want my my PS3 controller back. So, personally, I feel like it would be a bit awkward to try to transition, but overall, I think some people would
1: really enjoy that. I can't, I have a hard time imagining Microsoft, like getting out of the console race in a way, like Mm -hmm. not producing hardware, but now going to like streaming and things because, uh, okay, so Xbox games will be, be, uh, if this is true, Xbox games will be playable with this service on other devices. Yes. But right now I don't think there are that many Xbox like exclusives. So you would just be playing games that are available on other systems Mm -hmm. on a streaming service on those systems i
0: mean it would be like origin access where they have a catalog of of games they're not all origin exclusive but there is a catalog of you know like a bunch of indie games and stuff that you can pick from it's you know to try to justify the the cost of paying for that each month
1: yeah and although i i I have a hard time imagining them doing that or uh, a game streaming thing doing really well at the same time it's microsoft and they've got tons of money so they could probably load up that catalog with like an insane amount of titles yeah to make to like really create an incentive to get people on board but that's still just so i don't know i don't like the idea of streaming games
0: Uh, yeah i mean i don't either because i've always just had them locally and uh, man i don't know that i've ever even like tried out a game streaming service it just sounds so unappealing like i've never even heard of one before (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Has anyone here? Used... I mean, I don't think
1: most people have heard about any of this or would really care for any of this. I, I assume.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to uh, see any sort of stats on who, like, pays for game streaming and, like, how I often. Mean, and.
1: It can't be that successful because it's not a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still yeah. just, like, rumors and... PlayStation has its PlayStation Now service, and you can do that on PC, but that's not very big, and Sony has exclusives.
0: I think we were talking last night, William, and you mentioned that, like, Nintendo has all these lovable characters, like Mario and Yoshi, and then Microsoft has, like, Master Chief.
1: Yeah, a dude in armor with a gun. It's, like, not as appealing of a mascot as, like, Mario or Luigi or all those, like, Fun Nintendo characters, but I wonder. So right now, at least the way I kind of see like the gaming market, there's there's PC, which is you know what what I'm all about, but then there's also Xbox One and PS4, and I always picture those as like the competition, Sony and Microsoft. And then there's Nintendo, which does make game consoles and video games, but I don't see Nintendo as competing with Microsoft or Sony. I see Nintendo as like it makes nintendo devices for nintendo games right and it's a very different kind of device because i mean yeah like travis had just brought up yeah nintendo has like these really fun characters that like parents like see as inoffensive kids really like all sorts of people really like they're fun and iconic mario link microsoft and the xbox has like master chief he's a dude in armor with a gun it's like okay i mean
0: all right Sony, Crackdown. Don't forget Crackdown.
1: Uh yeah, Microsoft has uh
0: cra- Crackdown, like a, a Chainsaw Gun. Oh uh, yeah, and um, I'm intrigued. What 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 does okay. Sony have? Amy is sold on Xbox. Sony, uh, Spider Man. <laughs> okay, I don't think anyone thinks Spider Man. And then goes. They just
1: own Spider oh, Man. yeah. Now I gotta I gotta get a PS4. I don't. I man, I don't know what Sony has. Venom. Uh, same thing there. When I think Venom, I think Spider Man, and then hey, maybe then I'll think Sony, and then maybe PS Four. But like, I don't know what Sony has. The fact that they're not Microsoft.
0: <laughs> okay, that- I mean, no, that's a, that, that, This is weird to think about now because like PS Four has so many like, or PlayStation, I guess I should say in general has had so many good exclusives, but I don't know that there's a single like franchise that you really associate with sony Uh, crash bandicoot
1: maybe i don't exactly see crash moving any like sales but Uh, the last of us that that was a well-received game not much of a franchise not really a Uh, man yeah this is frustrating me now i've never really thought about like mascots or things for these brands, I can't think of anything for Sony. But
2: I think, I mean, I guess yeah. that says something. We were just saying that, you know, Xbox is falling a little bit behind in the race, and, you know, PlayStation doesn't need a mascot or anything. It's just doing well right. because they're creating good content and good quality products.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a pretty good point because Nintendo's got its own, like, sphere of... Games and things, so it's got its fun characters, and you see that, and that like tells you all you need to know about, like the Nintendo brand. Sony, it's like, it's doing well, like you said, in like games, other types of media. It's yeah, it's a it's a place I can play lots of good games on here. Xbox is the big green boy with a gun. Mm. Uh, all right, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah,
2: <sighs> no, Xbox can have monsters. They're like mascot. I don't know. I always associate the two monster and like Mountain Dew.
1: I don't know. Well, like <laughs> the <that>. new Mountain <laughs> Dew streaming service. That's it. that's it. Oh, that's, that's genius. what it'll be. You'll buy a bag of <gasps> Doritos see, and get 30 code. minutes free. Oh, you crack the fucking code. We've done it. Get your gamer fuel and under the cap get will be gamer like fuel. double double gamer points. You'll have, re- oh, there'll be legions of gamers with their mom's credit cards streaming games. Oh, oh this is what geez. Microsoft has been waiting for. Attention
0: gamers, Master Chief needs your, okay, before this gets too out of the rails. Master Chief
1: <laughs> needs you to buy Doritos.
0: Okay, right here we're going to take a quick break and then Amy is going to talk about...
2: The new expansion pack trailer that just came out uh, for Sims 4 Strangerville.
0: Um, and Stranger-ville. what's going
2: on with that? A little bit cool
0: we'll be right back and we're back um <laughs> <laughs> here we are we're back right yes. we're back everyone here welcome yep uh by the way thank you amy for joining us f- for the first time on hit point pals you've you've sat very patiently through the past two topics <laughs> that we talked about and we're going to let you go into yours.
2: Yeah. Um so if you know no one's noticed yet, the only game I really play is Sims 3. But the problem with that is that um they're they've kind of been on Sims 4 for a few years now. So there's been a lot of things coming out about it and I've kept up on the Sims 4 news and I watch like a lot of streamers and like YouTube videos of like people playing Sims 4. Um, and so I know, I know what's going on. I know how it works sort of when I play it, I don't know how it works, but anyway, you know, like every Sims game, they release expansion packs and then also like stuff packs and then Sims 4, they also added game packs. And I still have yet to figure out what the difference between a game pack is with a stuff pack and expansion pack. Um, (laughs) but we'll, we'll save that topic for another day. Um, but anyway, they just. Uh, released the trailer for their new expansion pack, StrangerVille, in Sims 4. They release, I think, two expansion packs a year. Um, And usually around fall time is when they release their, like, bigger, more well-received type expansion packs. Stuff like seasons, university, um, everyone is up in arms in the Sims 4 community because this new expansion pack is not university, apparently. Um, and they just need to kind of get over it and just play Sims three or Sims two, which has university, believe it or not. Um, but anyway, they're gonna gripe to uh, the sim gurus. But Strangerville, I think what the thing that interests me the most about it is the fact that it's the first thing that is not like anything that was in Sims three. And having only played Sims three, it's like it's kind of weird for me because, I guess Strangerville was also an expansion pack in Sims 2, and it's a little bit more story based than all the other expansion packs that we're used to. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but like from what I've seen um, from Sim Guru Kate on Twitter, is that there's like a mystery that you can solve within it. Um, And so I find that really interesting because a lot of like Sims related stuff like you make the story, the game doesn't really make the story. They just give you characters with traits and then put them in careers and then you can like interact with them, but you kind of create the story. So that's that's just like the big Sims 4 news that I found interesting. It's also nice because they're adding the military career into Sims 4, which I didn't know they didn't have already. I just never thought about that before, but I was like, oh, yeah, I've never seen anyone play the military career in Sims 4. Um, I'm just so used to it being readily available in Sims 3 because I'm pretty sure it was a base game um career in Sims 3. So it'll be exciting to see what exactly Strangerville is and how like the mystery and the gameplay works, especially because you can like toggle it off. Like you would still have the expansion pack in your game with like the world and everything, but you can toggle off the, the strangeness. Um because it, it kind of looks like people get, like, a weird mental disease sort of thing. Or I shouldn't say people, I should say Sims. Um. Anyway, so you can, like, toggle it off. So you can play with it, and then you can, like, go back to playing, you know, your, you know, suburban family that, you know, we all play, so.
0: Wait, so I was going to ask what 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 is the strangeness and you said it's like a like a mental disease that's what it looks
2: like i mean like the trailer it's i mean there's no talking except for like quiet little simlish from the sims um so it's kind of hard to tell and i think that's what the mystery is is you're trying to figure out what's happening to these sims excuse me because um, they kind of just like you know their bodies like tweak and stuff and then all of a sudden their eyes are wide and they're like, my eyes are now
0: open. Um, oh, okay. I see what the strangeness is. Yeah, now.
2: yeah. So, and like I said, like, they had it in Sims 2, but I don't know what it was like in Sims 2, so I can't really say, <laughs> oh, it's going to be, like, this is how it might be different from Sims 2. So...
0: So you said it's, like, more story-focused as opposed to the, like, total sandboxness.
2: Yeah, which is what I find interesting, because all of my experience playing Sims is, like, I feel like God, which is how I got, you know, my my gamer girl name, whatever, that I use on, like, Twitch and Twitter and YouTube, which is God is mm-hmm. a Girl, um, because I feel like God when I play the game, like... You can yeah, literally I mean, well, the do game anything presents
0: you from the point of view of of God mm-hmm. like well the what what's the word just like the stereotypical I guess uh idea that that God is a a man who's up in the clouds mm-hmm. and then you've got your camera is pretty much that and you have the ability to 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 look into all the buildings and stuff Exactly so, I mean, the game does present from a god's eye view It
2: really does and like people joke about it When they talk about like, oh, how do you play sims? Do you play it like on a personal level or do you play it like God? And I kind of like go back and forth. The difference is uh, like the personal level is like you make a sim and you just play from that sims point of view and you try to do everything really in character for that sim. And you don't really like go around and mess with like the other townies, which are the other sims that are already in the town when you go in and everything Um, and you don't like do any cheats or anything. You just kind of play it like really straight edge basically. And then there's like God where you're like, I can do whatever I want. And um, I really like playing both ways. So it'll be interesting to see how a story works within that and how people are going to, play it you know what I mean like can they yeah. play it in a god way at all or is it much more like you got to play it in this personal way where you don't really have this kind of control you can't like just go in and say oh instead of playing this sim right now I want to play that sim over there and then like figure stuff out I don't know
0: I don't know how I it guess works. I would wonder if it would have like scripted linear events that were supposed to happen. Yeah. See, that's a thing. Or If it was just like some strange modifications and because they say you're supposed to like solve this mystery, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So I would assume there's some sort of script like, you know, like event scripting mm-hmm. type stuff that that is thrown in there. I'd have to
1: wonder. I mean, there's there's a reason they haven't done any kind of heavy story based expansions for the Sims, because like you've. Like you both have talked about, I mean the, the, wow. the Sims is about getting to.
0: <laughs> There's mm-hmm. a whole three games I could talk about, <laughs> that are Sims stories games. Okay, well, all right.
1: I have no, I have Wait. very little experience with those. So. What are you
0: talking about, Travis? The, okay. Aside from, I think probably the first Sims game I played was, with with William when he showed me the Sims busting out. Oh yeah,
1: from like 2003.
0: The one that had diagonal co-op. But the first Sims game that I owned was The Sims Castaway Stories and it was a it was a completely linear story where it dropped to you on an island and it did a bunch of um it gave you like a volleyball companion. It gave you like an orangutan. Okay. And it walked you through this story where you had to uncover. It was like mm-hmm. it was it was it was Trope Town for like islands, but it was but it was put together in a linear story. Mm-hmm. You had to uncover the secret of this island, which was basically the series Lost. Um, <laughs> it gave you like uh, all these companions and stuff who were basically like um, you know like like vo- the Wilson, the volleyball yeah. from Castaway, and then it gave you this whole like dating sim thing where you had to like pick one of the like native island girls to date uh you met this big like village of of island natives who are like very ethnically ambiguous and then you would just kind of assimilate into their into their culture all the while you're 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 dealing with these other like plane crash survivors who are who are really like snotty and they like you you build like a shelter and a house and then they walk in and they're like we want to be here too and they (laughs) Anyway, join. The, there huh. was also um, the Sims Life Stories, which I played, and the Sims Pet Stories, which I didn't play. And this whole trilogy of games was, and this is a thing you do not see nowadays. I don't think, mm-hmm. but this whole trilogy of games was branded as for laptops. This was a this was a very weird period of time. It uh-huh. was like it. I believe it came out after. I believe these games came out after The Sims 2, and they were intended to be like it kind of was like a, it was a step down from Sims 3 and it was like less demanding on your computer hardware Mm -hmm. than Sims 2. So it was like, it was for people with laptops. It was a weird way to like brand a game as like, this is, this is like a a less demanding uh, piece of software for people who don't have as good of computers. And I really enjoyed the Sims Castaway stories just because it had this I still think it's a really good story. Like, uh, it's it's goofy and it's very tropey, but it's like intentionally so. Yeah, and it just kind of walks you through the stages of this dude who gets trapped on. An, it was it was probably the, the strangest way anyone could have introduced themselves to the Sims series, <laughs> and that that was how I did it.
2: Yeah, because I think those Sims games fun, fall under the category of their like kind of spin-off games. Because I had one similar. It was the My Sims game for Wii. And, like, the art was completely different, and, like, the way the game worked was completely different. Basically, it was kind of like Animal Crossing, but it was just little people named Sims, even though they didn't actually look like Sims. Um, And you had this one guy that would, like, go around the town and try to make the town better or whatever, and he would, like, build things and um, stuff like that. And so... It's kind of like a sub-genre of Sims, where Sims were was like, oh, what can we do with this game? We made literally an entire universe where anything can happen, so let's make anything happen. You know what I mean? And so I haven't played anything other than My Sims and The Sims 3 in, like, literally three hours of The Sims 4. Um, So, like, I can't attest to like how the story mode works in those other games that you were just describing. Um, So I don't know how similar to those that the Sims 4 expansion pack Strangerville is going to be like with its story mode.
0: I think I earlier I think I left a big pause because subliminally I knew I hadn't heard anything from William in a while and I was waiting for, for William to provide some sort of input.
1: Oh yeah, no, well I had done that earlier, but then we went on the different tangent and it kinda went where I was going. So I was oh, like, oh, okay. Hi. So yeah. I mean I haven't played a Sims game in like over a decade. So I'm just kinda like, oh, this is very interesting.
0: I feel like everyone at some point like played a Sims game, like really played it for a while.
2: Well, and that's the funny thing is that, you know, you talk to quite a few people. Like I even have this coworker at work who is the last person I ever expected. To really be that into video games, let alone something like the Sims, you know, I assume more of like first person shooter or something like that. I mean, honestly, something less creative that's really what it boils down to and um and also like a simulation game where you can literally make your fantasies come true, um, which is why I play it so much um, and yet you know, he and I talk about it every once in a while, and he's like, oh yeah, I was really into The Sims 3, like, it just, I didn't have, like, a good enough computer to run it or whatever, something like that, and he was like, oh yeah, I loved building in it and everything, and so, like, it's really interesting to, like, hear from people that, like, are the last person you expect to play this kind of game, but then there's, like, so many people out there who don't see it as, like, a real video game, and, like, you're not really a gamer, if that's, pretty much the only game you play, like a lot of Twitch streamers who stream primarily The Sims get a lot of crap for it, Um, which I think is just so weird, especially I think the main thing is just because you can do whatever you want, so it's not challenging. But the thing is that people have come up with challenges and then you just like follow the rules and you're like, oh, you know, how like how few generations can I have a 100 babies in The Sims? It's great, and yet that's not considered a real game. I don't know
0: well i I think it depends on like the individual's uh personal like requirements for what is a video game mm-hmm. i I mean because me like I feel like I have a very diverse library of games, and I play you know everything from Titanfall Two to yonder, which is a very peaceful um no violence game and i i can kind of like look at all video games from like ps4 games to like some mobile games as like these are these are all different types of video games because Mm -hmm. it's just become so broad from you know tennis for two i
1: i guess for a lot of people with with video games they kind of they, they they picture it as a well, I like a game, like there's a, there's some end objective in in their mind, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're playing this because you want to achieve this, like get this high score, do this, you got to shoot these people in this first-person shooter, whereas for The Sims, it's kind of, a, you know, it's like a sandbox. You can kind of do what you want to do, so there's no, like, specific end objective that says you have beaten The Sims, you've yeah, done Yeah, there's
2: it. no, like, credit rolling so at the people, end or anything. Yeah,
1: there's, like, no... Yeah, it's like, well, what are you guys working towards? This isn't a real game, but you know that's not why people play The Sims. Unless I, I there might be people out there who play The Sims to one hundred percent it. But I
0: mean, there's well, there's a bazillion games out there that you could say, why, why are you playing this? There's mm-hmm. no end, like Overwatch yeah. or Apex Legends. Yeah, and like, um, but see,
1: those things have rounds with very specific okay. goals, and those <laughs> aren't really like sandboxes. Okay, what I'm getting fair. at is like The Sims, like as a whole. Yeah,
2: it could literally you could just go kind on of forever. Do And ever and ever. Yeah, it can go
1: on forever. You can kind of do whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no like you've won, you've lost. Well, if all your sims die, maybe, but there's (laughs) there's no like you get a game over
0: if all your sims die?
2: Well, no, because if you just like kill every sim in a whole town, then it's just an empty town and then with a lot of graves you can, commit, you
1: can even commit genocide oh, in this game. This you can do so many. Sims things. has
2: ghosts, so you'd still have ghosts. So it would literally be a ghost town. <laughs> oh, I'm
0: totally gonna do Jeez. this.
2: I'm gonna kill every sim in a town. Can you? Just but make you a can't ghost control town.
0: Ghosts, can you?
2: Um, it depends. If you have supernatural and you make a sim as a ghost, oh. like Wait, you could make it. a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So because you have vampires, witches, werewolves.
1: Um, fairies,
0: and ghosts, oh, yeah. and then I like how genies. you're saying this is
1: matter-of-fact. Yeah. <laughs> this is but so then, new to
0: me. But those are supernatural creatures. A, a ghost is, like, a guy who died yeah. in, this, in this lore. And
2: the thing is, too, is you can, like, Sims change lore. what their cause of death was. So, like, electrocution, or drowning, or old age, or whatever. But the thing is, is if a Sim dies, even if you have supernatural, and you, like, keep the grave on your, like, land... You can't control the ghost, which is what I find really frustrating because, you know, sometimes I just want to see, you know, this gold digger wife haunt her ex-husband. But yeah. Sims, Sims is such like a broad category that I could literally talk about it for ages. So
1: when you start when you said when you were talking about, yeah, you can you can make a uh sims as ghosts before that you had said yeah there's like vampires werewolves and i was just like whoa whoa wait a minute i didn't know these things were in the sims and then you're just going through it so matter of fact and it's supernatural i I know so little
2: it's literally my favorite pack because like okay um i'm a 13 year old girl at heart and you know i'm a sucker for things like vampire diaries and teen wolf and so i can go into sims and i can basically you know make this vampire and like have her, you know, seduce these men and then, you know, suck their blood and be like, hee hee hee. Or like a werewolf who's like, oh, I'm trying to hide my curse so nobody knows, but I'm still a werewolf. You know what I mean? I don't know. It it lets out like an inner imagination in me because I've always been like super interested in like supernatural stuff and everything. And so like, I watch all these shows and I read all these books about like supernatural creatures and everything, but Sims gives me the outlet that sometimes I crave where I can actually be this supernatural creature without actually, you know, killing anyone, sucking all their blood. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a game where you can just kind of sit down and just do whatever you want. You can just kind of relax and just do whatever. Exactly, Sims neat. I oh, mean, I haven't I haven't gotten into the Sims in a long time, but this is all very interesting.
0: Oh good. Oh, this this talk of Sims makes me feel like I need to break out the Sims castaway stories again. Booyah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Do it. I need to haul out my GameCube and play The Sims <laughs> Busting Out or
0: whatever <laughs> yeah. that one was. Actually I was gonna ask you if you wanted to get on a, a parsec at some point and try that. At some point. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be neat to try. uh, William, what have you been playing? Uh, I honestly have not had
1: a lot of time for games over this past week or so, but I recently picked up uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War. Um, Not because I was super interested in the story or anything, but because I just kind of wanted a kind of an action game set in like Middle Earth because I really like the Lord of the Rings that I could just kind of zone out to. Because most of the games I play when I like, get done with my university classes is just they're just pretty much Excel spreadsheets with like maps. I really like that because I can just click on things and I know exactly what I need to do. But every once in a while I want to play something different. So I've been playing this kind of third person action stealth fantasy game that's just kind of a lot of mindless grinding. and for you know for, for, for that, I think this game is perfect. Uh I don't have too much to say about it, honestly. I mean I, I've only played it for a couple of days because I've been so busy, but uh yeah, for a game just to zone out to, I'm quite happy with it.
0: I haven't gotten a chance to play that game or the the first game, but can we can we tie this into the off topic I have here of this Amazon Lord oh, of the Rings yeah. series that is supposed yeah. to, you know, arrive at some at some point. Because the only thing that I really know about shadow of war is the Shelop lore, oh yeah, which I is still I don't know, I don't even
1: understand that
0: it kind of reminds me of like another you know like big franchise tie in game, the Force Unleashed, where you're you're playing a character you're you're playing a new character in an established world. And it functions as kind of like a, a like a tie in story or like a side story that you know like you can't interfere with with the main story because mm-hmm. you've got two different audiences, you know people who watch the movies and then people who play the games um so those type of games are always interesting to me just to see how developers uh handle just you know having to 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 have this material that ties into a larger picture without interfering with it at all but still having to to make it be able to be impactful and and fun for people who are very much associated with the franchise already
1: yeah and i i i just find that very interesting because it's not just a balancing act of oh this is a sequel to our previous game so it needs to you know kind of it needs to have what people from the first game liked. in in this case it's oh, we're making a sequel to a game in the series, we need to make sure it has enough things for those people, but it's also part of a much larger series in a different medium, in multiple different mediums, so it has to keep all of those things in mind and it has to try and have dressing for all of that stuff so that people who like those things and get into this are satisfied. And it's this weird... They have to balance
0: in more ways than one. So in the past week, we have seen some tweets from, I guess, what is currently known as Prime's Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. We were talking about this last night and I had to go look up the the Twitter account because I forgot what it was called. But the currently, the Lord of the Rings on Prime is what it's branded as right now. But the, the currently untitled Lord of the Rings television series that Amazon is developing... Um And they have tweeted out some some maps just as like a, a tease because, you know, that's going to get people riled up just as far as oh, yeah. the Lord of the Rings fandom.
1: What still gets me is, OK, it can be about almost anything in this Lord of the Rings Middle Earth mythos. There's not a whole lot I know about it, but OK, so right now it's all it's all being called like a Lord of the Rings TV series. Yeah, but it's very evidently not going to be the three Lord of the Rings books.
0: Right, right.
1: So I'm assuming they're going to maybe rebrand it in some way in the future once it kind of gets, once we kind of know more about the setting and what it's going to be about. Or will they keep the Lord of the Rings thing because that's an immediate draw. You hear Lord of the Rings and you can already picture all sorts of things Hmm. and you kind of know what to expect. I think they almost have to, right? Uh, Yeah, I would think so because I can imagine somebody wanting to see a Lord of the Rings show and then tuning in and it's not the lord of the rings it's middle earth stuff but it's not the lord of the rings so i'm assuming they they yeah they'd have to rename it and if they don't they'll add some sort of like subtitle to that i
0: think the only like direct comparison i can think of is like fantastic beasts which doesn't use the name harry potter but because it's so like current there's already a large uh you know population or fandom i guess of of people who who know what that is and know that it's a direct tie-in but then the lord of the rings is is it's you know it's such old material that like if they were to call it like the silmarillion then i guess maybe like you said that wouldn't draw as many people in
1: okay so we're, we're we're it's expected to what air in like maybe 2020 2021 is what i think i've been hearing in rumors
0: Man, I don't know, I don't even believe that any years past 2020 exist, (laughs) so I'm not really the right person to ask about what's coming up when.
1: And this, right now, since they're tweeting out these maps of uh, Middle-earth, I'm guessing this is the start of their big advertising, like, they're gonna start revving up the engines on this advertising machine. Yeah. So right now they're just, like, releasing little small stuff that doesn't really say too much, just to get people interested and get people talking that way when they start revealing other bigger things they'll already have a bunch of people tuned in and following them on twitter and whatever
0: i mean for the longest time it had to me at least it had been this like background thing that like you'd heard this like supposedly it was in development but a lot of things have supposedly been in development like the the splinter cell movie that was on the chaos theory (laughs) disc that that was never made um Despite them saying they were, you know, working on it, but but mm-hmm. now that they have, have tweeted out some stuff, I mean, I'm expecting some sort of title announcement, some sort of, because they can't call it the Lord of the Rings on Prime forever. That that doesn't <laughs> roll off anything. Yeah, that doesn't sound very intriguing.
1: Maybe they'll call it Jeff Bezos' The Lord of the Rings.
0: Honestly, I I hope so. I think that would bring They'll remove
1: Tolkien from it. They'd
0: bring in a lot of, of new uh they'd bring in a lot of new viewers who maybe otherwise wouldn't have watched something if Jeff Bezos wasn't, <laughs> you know, directly involved with it.
2: I only watch and read anything that directly involved Jeff
0: Bezos.
1: Oh, I'm big into Bezos lore. <laughs> Bezospedia.
0: Can we start a new podcast that's just called Big Into Bezos, and it's just, all we talk about is Jeff Bezos?
2: Uh, I don't even know that much about the guy, to be perfectly honest.
0: I just know he, like, owns I know Amazon. all about his
1: non-canon lore.
0: We'll have to have, maybe we'll have to have two podcasts, one that's for canon Jeff Bezos lore, and one that's for non-canon Jeff Bezos Bezos, Bezos mm-hmm. and Bezos Legends. Oh. <laughs> uh. Where are we in the I got lost. Where are we in the in the agenda?
1: Uh Bezos. Lee.
0: That's not on the agenda. The most the important.
1: Agenda. Part. Oh, we we were talking about Amazon's Lord of the Rings and then we got into like the good stuff.
0: Yeah. I guess I don't have too much more to talk about Amazon's Lord of the Rings. We don't really know what's yeah. what's coming I mean, up, and
1: it's mostly rumors and just
0: we I we can wildly speculate on what Amazon's Lord of the Rings will uh, be about or provide. But I guess I'm kind of it's it's it sounds like the whole young Aragon thing isn't happening, which was kind of something that didn't sound like a great idea to me anyway. Yeah. It's kind of like how a lot of people, I guess, didn't like Solo a Star Wars story because it was about a young Han Solo, and in any prequel like that, it's a little bit irrelevant as far as how it ends because you, you are, yeah, you, I mean we know you know what the main story is. You know how that ends. You know where everyone's going to end up basically, uh, and you kind of question wh- why? Why am I? What is the purpose of this tie-in material specifically Why am I here? other than to draw in a lot of people and make a lot of money off of it?
2: Yeah, wasn't Game of Thrones like rumored to be doing some sort of spin-off that was supposed to be like a little bit oh, prequel? Game of
0: Thrones is confirmed to have like five billion spin-off prequels and tie-in series. Okay, so I'm just 100% out of the loop. Got it.
1: Do you think George R.R. Martin is doing this to, like, buy him more time to, like... Oh, absolutely. I think
0: every (laughs) action that George R.R. Martin takes is directly to buy him more time. George R.R. Martin has no idea what he's... how to end this this book series, and so instead of, like, actually trying to work on it, he just keeps stalling. (laughs) What he
2: could do. Uh, He's gonna...
0: He's gonna produce all of the series, and he's just gonna keep buying himself time. What
2: he could do is put all of his characters in a town in Sims, and then just kill them all off, so that way they're just a <laughs> bunch of ghosts in a ghost town.
0: I know you. I know you're joking, but I, when we tried to play the Game of Thrones Crusader Kings two mod, I, in all seriousness, said that George R. R. Martin should just put all he should program all of his characters into the mod and just let time play out and see what happens to all of them. So-
1: he could just copy it down with a pen and paper and go, oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> and then just rehash it back out into I mean, a book. I mean, like I said, that, yeah. yeah,
2: like in Sims, like, just make the characters in Sims, see how they interact with each other. I mean, Sims aren't really going to do...
1: And then and then Daenerys put her plate on the floor. <laughs> and, then she...
0: and then she became a ghost. And she became a ghost. <sighs> and then she became a ghost. And then she became a gold digger haunting her ex-husband. <laughs>
1: But see, that'd be riveting okay. stuff. That'd be such a twist. And that's what Game of Thrones is known exactly. for. Exactly.
2: turns out they're all
0: Sims. I guess uh, I'll briefly mention what I have been playing. Go for it. Um, yeah. And I've been trying to get through a lot of Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. But I also did try out a little bit of Dark Souls. And William was watching as I played Dark Souls and tried to get past the first few bosses. Uh, intense stuff with yes with a lot of with with a very harrowing atmosphere about it as he waited to see whether i was gonna fuck up with a dodge or not uh and kill the guy when i had no health left um but i've played these two games like back to back and have realized that they're not really all that different from one another gameplay wise Because in both of these games, I just find myself wandering around trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next, (laughs) as opposed to like if you are playing Far Cry or an Assassin's Creed game or any Ubisoft game and you constantly have a marker on your screen. Mm -hmm. But in a Zelda game or in a Souls game, you are given no like cognitive or geographical direction. You're just given a a space with different passageways and different items and objects to interact with and it's up to you to like by trial and error almost like a point and click game but in third person just try to figure out what gets you to the next area and i think it's really goofy even the like combat is very similar in both games you like you you target lock onto people and you hit them and you try not to die because then if you die you have to go back both of these games i i just i was struck by how similar they are, and I think it has to do a lot with uh, just having played through a lot of Ubisoft-type games where they basically hold your hand through a lot of the ways, or a lot of first-person shooters where you're very much guided along a path and shown physical objectives in the world. And then I play some of these very, very differently laid-out games, like a Souls game or a Zelda game, where I end up spending a lot of time being frustrated and trying desperately to figure out what I'm supposed to do without having to look up, uh, you know, what to do in a guide on the internet, which I think is fine at a certain point. It's it's very much okay to look up stuff in a guide, but I always, like, personally, I try to figure it out on my own up to a certain point um, mm-hmm. before I resort to doing that. Slightly
2: off topic. Dark
0: Souls, Zelda, yeah. But
2: I had a similar reaction. This is going to sound absolutely absurd, maybe, but I got... um. A uh, Pokemon game for my for it was Game Boy Advance game. I think it was like Pokemon Emerald or something. Um, not mm-hmm. quite sure. I remember
0: it's green. The cartridge is green, so I assume it's emerald. Do you start in a moving van? What? Do you start in a moving van? Like with boxes? No. Okay.
2: I don't think so. <laughs> well, Maybe. That. <laughs> I don't remember. I got it when I was like I don't know I probably got it like five years ago from a friend um
1: it's got to be emerald
2: probably but like
1: if the case was green I'm betting
2: I played it and like for a little while I was like pretty into it and I was playing it like kind of regularly um and then like one time I went like I don't know a week or a month or whatever without playing it and I went back to it and I was like I don't remember what I was doing and there was no way to figure out what I was supposed to be doing and so I just like went around the map and I was like I'm Like I know I had like a goal that I needed to do when I last left off but I don't remember what that goal was and there's nothing telling me what this goal is that I need to be doing that I'm working on. So I'm kind of like at a standstill in this game and I don't want to like restart it per se because I got like enough time in there that like it's kind of dumb to restart it. But at the same time I was like I don't I don't know where I am like I don't know what to do and so I just kind of put down the game and never touched it again
0: I think the I way think, that sorry go first oh I was just gonna
1: kind of go off on another tangent off of that but I think that is very similar to the experience Travis and I have had with the um Dragon, oh, no, Age. Say Dragon Age yeah the Dragon Age series where they're very massive games and we'll, at least in my case I'll play through a lot of them then i'll leave to go do other things or i'll take a break because you know i, I don't want to spend all day playing games anyway so i'll go do other things and then i might come back a month or two later and it's such a big game that i come back and i just i have n- i don't know where i am i mean there's a quest log that tells me like what i've done and what i need to do but it's one thing to have just done those things and then continue on in your adventure and it is an entirely different thing to try and piece it together from notes and get back into a world
0: Damn, don't remember where I am. I don't remember what I'm doing. Uh guess I better restart. I to start a new game. Yeah, much, I've logged 90 yeah. hours and I haven't beaten the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've done like the hours worth of like six playthroughs.
2: I'm wondering if like the people who make games like that just think that we binge video games where we like play it all the way through until like we're done and we play it like every waking moment that we have. But that's not the reality. Like, people are like, oh, you know, I want to, you know, put down that game for a little bit, maybe play another game. Or maybe I just don't feel like playing video games this week, you know, or I just don't even have the time.
0: So I can afford well, the I video a game. A lot of people can, like, tear through a game in one or two sittings. But I think it's pretty evident just based on uh, just how many people share our experience of not remembering what the heck we're doing. And when we come back to an RPG, that it's that's clearly not the the majority i think it's interesting that this started with pokemon because i know that when you start up when you load your game in pokemon it gives you like a tv episode style recap not that it's super informative but it does tell you like hey this is what you this is what you did and it shows you like three or four snapshots of i I, last time on pokemon this is where i went and then you went here and I wish more games did that. Like, I wish Dragon Age did that when I booted it up. I wish it told me, hey, remember you went and met the wood elves and then you did this thing? Because otherwise I'm just Mm -hmm. starting a new game because I don't remember what the heck I was doing.
2: If the Pokemon game that I have does that, then I think it might be broken. Because I do remember, (laughs) well, like I said, I got it from a friend. And I remember, like, every time I turn it on, it says that there's... Like something with the clock is broken and like play anyway. And I'm like, okie dokie, play anyway. So something with it, there's like something that doesn't work right when you first like open up the game. I'm not sure exactly what though. So that might be part of it. But also like screenshots are, I mean, it's been like probably four years since I last turned on this game. So screenshots are not going to help me at this point. I should probably just start over.
1: Part of me wants to go back and like play Dragon Age, but I know what's going to happen. So, like, I don't want to replay the same section again. And then I know at a point I'll go, "I'm gonna take a break," and then I'll come back and go, "Here I am again. Jokes on me." And then I won't play it again for years. And then I'll years from now think, "I should play Dragon Age again." It's a it's a harsh loop.
2: <sighs>
1: That's the only way to win is not to play. It's almost
0: how I I am. like my motivation to get through Dragon Age is mostly to be able to say, hello, I got through Dragon Age. Like, I don't know that I would get any enjoyment out of it at this point. It would just be... That's such a bad reason to play a game. It would just be to say that I have played through the game. (laughs) Uh So on your deathbed, you can say, "I, I did it. By god, I did it. I think that's all we've got then today. So, I'll see if I can take us out here uh if you've enjoyed hit point pals it'd be great it would make us happy if you did uh any of the following things share us with your friends leave a review on itunes follow us hit point pals on twitter uh there's also a facebook page we'll be back again with more hit point pals this has been um this has been uh me travis with william and Amy, does anyone have any parting words before so, can someone can someone give us some parting words to take us out of here?
2: I have been honored to sit and talk with you guys today and pretend that I know anything at all about video games. And I'm also incredibly honored um that you guys listened to me ramble about The Sims for that long. Um I'm gonna have to maybe try to play some other games.
0: Hell yeah, I you, don't uh, I don't I don't know that you I don't. I don't know that you made anything up. I. I felt like everything you were talking about made a complete amount of sense. Well, maybe then the joke's on me. Maybe <laughs> you just completely fooled me.
1: <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'll have to check out the the Sims franchise uh, because this talk of vampires and werewolves and ghost people has <laughs> piqued my interest. But uh, yeah, I, that's a that's a franchise of games I'll have to look back into, and I like. I don't know. It's never really been on my radar in
0: years, but now it is. Heck yeah! All right. Oh heck yeah! You know what? uh William's gonna be playing next week. We expect a full write up on The Sims Three Supernatural. Oh, now hold on. We a will minute. not expect <laughs> anything less. Oh. All right, that's 5, all for this week. Thank you. We'll see you next time.